0: Brandon Ingram carried the shorthanded Pelicans to a win over the Oklahoma City Thunder, and every win is really important for New Orleans right now. But are there coaching and process problems for the Pelicans? Let's take a look at today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, another week's worth of podcasts. We get to start it off with a win. That is always fun, as the Pelicans beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 100-103. A little bit scary at the end, but they got the win. That's ultimately what matters. But are there some deeper concerns, and could this win easily have been a loss? I want to look at that. Um, along with great performances from Brandon Ingram and Josh Richardson, ready to make me eat my words, uh, calling him a salary dump. We'll break him down as well and what he did in this game. And, of course, thank you for making Locked Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, completely free, breaking down every single thing you want to know about the team, the wins, the losses, everything in between we got the all-star break coming up where I'll be able to answer a lot of your questions. We'll be doing some mailbag shows as well, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We're completely free, so if you just want to support the show, we don't ask for money, just comment down below on YouTube. It's the number one thing you can do to support Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Let's get into it. The Pelicans 103. 103- 100 win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. For a while in this game, New Orleans looked like they were going to just run away with it. It's going to be an easy Monday night and you gear up for a big Wednesday game on the road against the Los Angeles Lakers. 20-point lead in the first half for the Pels. Brandon Ingram started this game freaking so scorching, 12 straight points from him in the first quarter, just pacing New Orleans, leading them. And he was great. He finished with 34 points on the night, almost 60% shooting from the field, three of five from deep, which was really great to see from him. And then as the game went on, things got a little bit dicey. That third quarter, the Pelicans really struggled. Basically, no offense, just 16 points in that period, and allowed Oklahoma City to get back into the game before New Orleans was able to close it out at the end, kind of answer any run that Oklahoma City went on, but look, they had a chance to tie the game on a heave three at the end, and New Orleans is a little bit lucky that it didn't go in. So, Well, the win is the important thing and they need wins. They've now won four out of their last five. They have a chance to make it five out of the last six. And that's after a 10 game losing streak, go into the all-star break with some momentum, get their current guys healed up. That's important. That's really important, I think. And I also realized I said this, we're starting the week off. No, I'm recording this Monday night. This is the Tuesday show. I confused myself talking about being in the future, which happens as I do this on occasion. The Pelicans did a lot of things that could have lost this game. There were some very questionable rotations going away from a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, who was just punishing the thunder, you know, struggle inbounding the balls, thing like that. And it all kind of gets washed away because Brandon Ingram was magnificent. 34 points, you know, including two ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous mid-range jumpers, Late in the fourth. Double covered. Triple covered. Just puts it up. It goes in. And like. B.I. does that. And you're like. Yeah. That's kind of what he does. They were ridiculous shots. That. Even guys like Kevin Durant. Would have trouble hitting. And Brandon Ingram. Kind of made them look. Easy. Even if we were a little bit scared about them. In the process. So. Because the Pelicans got the win, and the win's all that matters, you don't get points in the standings for a pretty win or a blowout win, whether the win is by one point, three points in this case, or 45 points, it doesn't matter. The standings are what matters at the end of the day, and New Orleans got this. But as this was a win that could turn to a loss, it doesn't mean that it should be overshadowed. You know, you had Brandon Ingram do his thing, and he's capable of that, and since he's gotten healthy and gotten his confidence back, we've seen that... He's still a superstar, an all-star level player, a borderline all NBA guy. You had newcomer Josh Richardson stepping into the lineup and playing outstanding, particularly on defense, five steals from him, making me eat my words. Like I'm, I'm sorry, Josh Richardson, for the things that I had said about how you probably won't matter to this team at all. At the, you know, in the immediate aftermath of the trade, that was a heck of a performance by him. And it's even more impressive when you have when you consider what he had to go through just to get to New Orleans. And we'll talk about that in the uh, third segment of today's show. But just because BI is great. And then I'm not worried long-term with this team because he's capable of doing that. That's against new expectations, which is not necessarily to make a deep playoff run. It's just like get into the postseason. And with the easiest remaining strength of schedule, BI doing that, there's, they're absolutely capable of all of that. BI is that good and can carry them. And you factor in that they were even more shorthanded than normal in this one. No CJ McCollum. Yeah, probably should be a closer game. Oklahoma City's a lock to be a playoff team next year. They might get into the play-in tournament and win the play-in tournament this year. There's some talent there, and it's starting to come together really well. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is great. I'm a big fan of Josh Giddy. They have Chet Holmgren, who hasn't even played this year. Uh, has is out injured for them right now. Isaiah Joe looked awesome for them, making four threes and burning New Orleans for 16 points. You had Jalen Williams, you know, pounding the ball down low, getting in transition, running, doing a lot of work for them as well. There's a lot of young, really good talent. So this team is tougher than what their record indicates. I truly believe that. And so in one sense, maybe it is just a good win shorthanded to do that. But New Orleans at times tried to throw this one away. Tried to throw this one away. They tried to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. That's the the opposite of how the saying normally goes. And they almost did a really good job of that. The failure to inbound the ball at the end. The lack of offense in the third quarter. Going away from guys like Jonas Valanciunas and what was working. Questionable closing lineup to a degree. You should have probably had Trey Murphy in there. Let's talk about that a little bit more. All of that stuff in the second segment. Because this is something that's happened a lot. And this is something that they needs to change and actually can kind of easily change. So while Brandon Ingram kind of makes up for a lot of this right now, he won't always be able to. And that's what concerns me. This could have been a loss, and how big would that have loomed for the Pelicans? So how do you avoid these type of games getting this close in the first place or turning into a loss potentially? Just win like comfortably and make us sweat a little bit less. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1. Thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the Sports Dual, uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three drains. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. I love these. You want to take the Pelicans to win and Trey Murphy to hit two or more threes? Check on both of those. You can do it. The Pelicans to win and the under, because you had a feeling they might play good defense on Shea Gildress Alexander, check. You can do that. I won both of those. It's a lot of fun. So get on FanDuel. Don't miss your chance to get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, the good, the bad. And there was a number of good things here in the Pelicans' win over the Oklahoma City Thunder, but also some bad. There's there's some things that I really question what they're doing at times in some of the lineups that they roll out there that are a big concern. And while Brandon Ingram... Basically due to two ridiculous shots he hit in the fourth quarter and Herb Jones forcing a turnover, a steal on Shea Gildress Alexander right at the end. Those are kind of the plays that won New Orleans game. And without those two ridiculous shots that B.I. hits, if he misses those or if those are turnovers or someone else takes them and misses them, right? This game's different and we are kind of looking at this as like, what the heck happened? how did New Orleans blow a 20-point lead? So just because they got the win, the win's the most important thing, I agree with that, doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about that and some of the changes that we would like to see and maybe some of the changes that actually need to happen so that New Orleans doesn't lose a winnable game down the stretch when they need as many wins as possible to kind of overcome all of the unfortunate news recently with Brandon Ingram, uh, not Brandon Ingram, with Zion Williamson, who, you know, it's being said is out for an indeterminate period of time. You know, there's no timetable, according to Woj, for his return. That concerns me. We'll wait to see how many games he's going to play, but that type of reporting, I'm not saying he's going to be out for the season. It doesn't make me think that he's going to be out for the remainder of the season. That concerns me a little bit. So every win is going to matter because who knows if you're going to have Zion back to be able to get one. So with that, my notes here on the second segment is, WTF was the third quarter. What the, you know what I'm saying, was the third quarter. The close to the fourth quarter too. Those were big problems for New Orleans. You know, In this one, there was a very obvious way that New Orleans could really kind of take it to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that was by playing big and going, getting the ball to Jonas Valanciunas. The Thunder don't have like a traditional center on their roster. They really don't have an answer for Jonas Valanciunas whatsoever. And the Pelicans didn't really use him a whole lot. He had a hyper-efficient game. 14 points eight rebounds in this one. He was five of six from the field, got to the line five times, made four of five free throws. 14 points on six shot attempts is tremendous. And it worked for a period of time. You saw them go to him a little bit in the second quarter. You saw them go to him, you know, to start the fourth quarter and really punish the Oklahoma City Thunder. But in the third quarter, they kind of stopped. They got him on like two plays and that was about it. And it looked like he was going to be able to feast that no one was going to be able to stop him whatsoever. And then they just decided to not do that anymore. In the third quarter, you had a number of possessions where Brandon Ingram or and or Jonas Valanciunas didn't touch the ball. Why is that happening? Oklahoma City likes to play fast. They want to get in transition. They want to run. They want a bunch of missed shots. They kind of want to muck the game up and then do what they do best, which is their guards getting the ball into the paint, either scoring there, getting fouled, or creating for others. And the Pelicans were like, let's play that kind of game. New Orleans isn't a fast-paced team this season. They're they're slower. They do better in the half court when they can kind of really work the ball through Brandon Ingram. It's a lot of isolation-heavy basketball, but it works when you have guys like B.I., Zion when he plays, and C.J. McCollum. So why get away from some of that? Especially when B.I. was the hot hand in cooking like he was. Why were you getting away from him to that degree and not getting him the ball and letting him just do his thing? Why were there possessions when he doesn't touch it? It's an open question. That's for the coaching staff, of course. Those are the type of things, though, that it looked like New Orleans was going to blow this one. The Thunder went on a run. They got it within one point. New Orleans somehow led wire to wire, by the way, in this one. But Oklahoma City Thunder got it to within one point. New Orleans, to their credit, to their credit, answered every time that the Thunder went on a run. They didn't relinquish the lead at any point in time. That's not easy to do. That's a credit to the Pelicans finding kind of like the will they needed to win this game. But, oh, man, did they make you nervous, huh? made me nervous. That was a much more stressful Monday night than I was hoping for than it seemed like we would see. They've got to avoid that. When you get a 20-point lead, it's good you have a 20-point lead so that when, if the opponent goes on a run, you're able to withstand that and still end up winning the game, as New Orleans did here. You know, to their credit, they built that up. But don't go away from what built up the twenty-point lead. Just keep piling it on. If something's working, why are they going away from it over and over and over again? And that's a big question I have. Jonas Valanciunas was an answer for the Pelicans, and they decided like, nah, we're not gonna do that. You know, late in the fourth quarter, as Oklahoma City made this one close again too, cutting that like seven-eight point lead down to you know one three. I, I question some of the lineups that you saw out there. You had Trey Murphy, who was is three of eight from deep, doing really well, giving you rebounding as well, three blocks. You want a little bit of defense, a little bit of offense, and space the court better for Brandon Ingram. Imagine if he didn't have... You know, two guys on him every time, maybe it's easier to get him the ball and you don't have those possessions where he doesn't touch it, right? Or that it's Trey Murphy, or sorry, Herb Jones taking an early shot in the shot clock that you don't want. Space the court a little bit better because Jose Alvarado, who was in there to close while he had 14 points in this game and, you know, made two threes, it was definitely a little undersized for that matchup. And you saw him get beat. He had a couple of nice defensive plays too. But when you put the ball in his hands, it means you're taking it out of Brandon Ingram's. And so is maybe the solution to that to not do that. Put Trey Murphy in there, give the ball to Brandon Ingram, close with Jonas Valanciunas and try and go with a bit of a two-man game, maybe just a simple pick and roll with Brandon Ingram and Valanciunas with Trey Murphy there to space the court along with, and we'll talk about him in the next segment, Josh Richardson out there on the court too for defense along with Herb Jones. At least put a more consistent three-point shooter and threat out there that's what it seemed like they should do. Now they got the win. That's fine. Didn't clearly need to, but it got a little bit closer and New Orleans easily, again, could have lost this game. I don't want to know what today's show would have been like had that been the case. So I wonder about kind of how they go about this. You know, they were struggling to grab defensive rebounds at time in this one. It was a problem. You saw the Oklahoma City Thunder get 14 uh, offensive boards maybe this isn't a Larry Nance Jr. game. I love him. I think he's awesome. But you've also seen that that doesn't work at certain times. And so maybe this was a time to go put in a guy like Jonas Valanciunas to really help with some of that. Oklahoma City Thunder had 15 second chance points compared to just four for New Orleans. It's another area they could have lost the game. Dictate the matchups. Make them commit two guys to Jonas Valanciunas like we saw a number of times. They threw two bodies at him, which means someone is open. You might have Brady Ingram with one guy on him, but then maybe Herb Jones is wide open, Richardson's wide open, or Trey Murphy is wide open at that point. I love that idea. Do something like that. And you might not see those 16-point third quarters in, in the game kind of get whittled away from you. That's something the coaching staff really needs to start to look at is why do they go away from what's working? Because that's going to cost them a game or more during the stretch run when they can't afford that. There's no reason to have these kind of unforced coaching process errors if you don't need to. And I'm glad New Orleans avoided it. They move up in the standings. That's ultimately what matters. But this is a conversation we might have to revisit if they end up dropping a game. One thing we won't have to revisit is that trade for Josh Richardson because the dude was freaking awesome. Awesome. I'm going to have to eat some words here in the next segment. That's coming up next here in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They're going to go beyond resumes data. They're going to use insights from your job post, your company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. So you get to identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn and connect with them faster and for free, all in one platform. Screen, rate, interview, all in one platform place. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. This team is still very fun. I love watching them. They're going to do well. I think they're going to win a lot of games still to come. The e- easiest strength of schedule remaining. Make sure your friends tune in for what's going to be a fun close to the season, a kind of hectic close to the season for the Pelicans. Subscribe to Lockdown Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. If you want to support the show, number one thing you can do, comment down below on YouTube. Happy to get the win, but are you concerned long term about some of the decisions being made? Let me know. One decision that we're not questioning now, Josh Richardson. Dude, dude, I was, uh, I was not expecting that. If you've listened to my show, which a lot of y'all have, on kind of breaking down the trade, I said this was basically a salary dump move from New Orleans. And it was. It's long-term kind of thinking about the luxury tax next season. I also, to my credit, and it's not much credit, I'll admit this, said they're a better team today than they were they're, they're a better team after the trade than they were before. Josh Richardson is a vet that's going to bring some leadership, kind of know how, and better defense to the team than Devontae Graham provided. Just kind of makes a little bit more sense for what they need right now. He's also shooting better from three on the year than Devontae Graham was. But I don't think, that, I did not think that he was going to have a big impact. You, I had to wonder if he was even going to get very many minutes when this team's fully healthy. And I think it's safe to say that he's going to. And that he's already had an impact. They don't win this game without him. And when you think about that for a second, it's pretty incredible. He hasn't really gone through a serious practice with the Pelicans, maybe a shoot around, you know, gone through one practice at the most with them. Yeah, one practice and one shoot around, and that's it. He had trouble just getting to New Orleans. He's got to figure out where he's going to be living, kind of get all that stuff sorted out, right? He was coming from Toronto after the trade. Flights were canceled. He had difficulty getting here. Hasn't really learned anything. And as he said in the first half, he wasn't being aggressive offensively. So he didn't know what to do. He's looking back at the coaches being like, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? So it would have been understandable if he had a terrible game. And he he most definitely did Not. He was awesome. Defensively, he gave the Pelicans a jolt of energy. And in fact, he had five steals on the night. For a game where you need to slow down a guy like Shea Gildress Alexander, one of the better scorers in the league, you need that kind of defense. You have Josh Giddy that could be a walking triple-double if he wanted to be. Both of them combined for 10 turnovers. Yes. Just yes. The rest of the Thunder had six. Those two had 10 because of defense from guys like Josh Richardson. Trey Murphy had three blocks in this one, which is great. You also had Herb Jones making play after play. And even Kyra Lewis Jr. had some really good defensive moments in this game. But Josh Richardson giving the team that spark, helping them get out and run in transition a little bit off some of those steals, providing that veteran presence just to make plays, Oh, it looks like this team desperately needed that, and he provided it. You know, trading four first-round—I keep saying first-round picks—four second-round picks to dump Devontae, bring him in. You know, it was two to dump Devontae and two for Josh Richardson, and you can see why. There was some value to be had there, and I was wrong in thinking he wouldn't make an immediate impact or an impact at all. I don't know if he'll get re-signed, but I love what we saw from him in this game— keep that up. And again, New Orleans can make some noise and some damage in the second half of the season when you just need a stop. You're going to be able to trot out a defensive lineup that's going to annoy the heck out of teams. Throw Josh Richardson out there with Herb Jones and uh, Dyson Daniels. That's kind of fun. I don't know where exactly the offense is going to come from, but I'll take it to start throw him out there with Jose Alvarado and it works a little bit it's not Jose and Devante Graham anymore where all of a sudden you have a smaller guard that can get picked on you have Josh or two small guards that can get picked on you have Josh Richardson to provide a little bit of cover there making you be able to play Jose Alvarado in certain lineup combinations a little bit more maybe there's more to him and how he unlocks other combinations with this team that are going to work assuming the coaching staff sticks with the ones that work And there's enough offense there. He finished with 10 points on the night. You saw the mid-range jumper from him. He got to the line. He had some assists. He made the defensive plays. Five blocks, two steals, zero turnovers. Love it. Love it. That's what you needed to see from him. And he stepped right in in a situation that wasn't conducive to him necessarily contributing and playing well. And he still did it. Just just a pro move right there, like an adult in the room that knows what needs to be done and went out and did it. He said, didn't really know what to do offensively. There's also enough offense on this team, sometimes, that he doesn't need to provide a lot of that. So go out and do it on the defensive side of the ball and put your energy there. Love that kind of player on this team, and I'm excited now to see what he's going to be able to do, and hopefully another win on Wednesday against the Lakers. So more to come this week. I want to talk about Pelicans' goals for the remainder of the season. We'll talk a little bit more about Zion. Are we more worried, less worried about that? All that coming up later in the week here on Locked On Pelicans. As always, I'm your host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with y'all tomorrow.